Welcome out to the Bulls and the Bears. This is Aaron Warby, and I'm here with the incomparable Tarina. Hello. For those of you joining us for the first time, Tarina and I are part of Online Trading Academy, the most trusted name in financial education, and celebrating 25 years of service. (laughs) How are y'all doing out there? (laughs) All right. Well, hey, it's been an exciting week. Yeah, it has. Wealth has taken a hit, and trading is getting a bump. Hmm. I guess we need to uh, talk about why both are true. Okay. Because you would think that if wealth was going down, then trading would be tough too, huh? Yeah. And and it kind of well, is a little bit, but there's a reason it's It depends on which about. side of the trade you're on. Yes, and that's exactly right. Not on, Yeah, so there's a couple of things, but let's talk about the stock market first, mm-hmm. okay? Because I'm really excited to get to this. It's something I've been anticipating for a long time. <laughs> So so let's do it. All right. Okay. So the stock market sees the largest outflows of cash since June. Wow. All right. Yes. Um, this well, is kind of an expected since, reaction. That's just since June. But I mean, that was when they started raising the interest rates, you know. Well, the anticipation of the interest rate raise again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and so this was kind a of a little bit exp- of people pull, pulling out and stuff. Yes. Yep. Yep. This was expected... Um, as a reaction to the U.S. credit downgrade from last week. So remember, we talked about it last week, and and uh, typically, you know, in times past, and it hasn't happened very often, but mm-hmm. when the U.S. credit is downgraded, yeah. the last time it happened, um, the U.S., uh, the markets took a 6% or a 7% hit, excuse me. Yeah, we're, that we're was not- a huge announcement, actually, was when it was downgraded. I mean... Yes. Even though people had sent, there was still some sentiment in the market, and you could see it. Um, it actually really did force the market down, and it, it and the market manipulators, the market, um, the the big guys, like they were like, we're just not hiding it. We're going to force this market down. Well, yeah. So remember that as soon as that happened, there was an initial bump. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, there was. I mean, at the announcement, we saw a drop immediately, but then there was a bump up, mm-hmm. and it stayed up the next day Oops. until about noon, and then just <laughs> dropped right off. Right. And it's been going down ever since. Now that was that was expected because one is a bull trap, and it's meant to allow the larger players there. They bump it up in order to get people a little bit bullish, those who don't know what they're doing, Mm -hmm. start piling into the market thinking, all right, well, I guess we're just going to shrug this off. And in fact, that's what the paper, you know, the news media ran. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're shrugging this off. Yeah. Yeah. Not true. It's been going down ever since. Yeah. Um, But in in, in kind of steep dives and steep climbs. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and so it, well, it's... Well, and there it goes with the sentiment of, well, you take the escalators up and you take the elevator down. And so like now it's it's hacking people. You know, yes. it's going... Yeah, we're in the chop down. house. Now we're in the chop house. And yeah. so we have to be extra careful when we're trading, maybe making confirmation trades instead of initially going into the trade, making sure that we're not getting whipped out with those tail wicks and stuff. Right. Well, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm probably jumping the gun. It's been Candle wiki wicks. on both sides. Yeah. It's right? been wiki on, wiki both, on both sides. sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so now, you know, the credit downgrade on its own would be <laughs> a little bit concerning. Yes. Actually, it is concerning. Yes. But but uh, now let's look at a couple of other things, right? Okay. All right. Because you might have noticed some things going on in the banking sector as well. Mm-hmm. Specifically, Moody's has downgraded... 10 mid-size and smaller uh, banks. Now, Moody's looks at at risk 
and they are assigning a heavier risk and a lower credit rating, mm-hmm. how can they do that to banks, right? The people that issue credit. Yeah. They're, a lot, they're assigning lower credit rating to certain banks. Yeah. Now, this is coming right after uh, the Federal Reserve said that they ran a stress test and and the U.S. banking, um, well, the U.S. banks uh, passed the stress test. All right. But now Moody's is looking at it and saying, oh, I don't know what you're saying. We're seeing some bad things. So we're downgrading specifically these banks. And we've got a bunch of others on watch. Oh. All right. That we're going to be looking into. So, um, you know, and, and you might be seeing this actually the telltale signs of what Moody's is looking at. You might be seeing in your own accounts. So have you noticed that your bank is holding, if you deposit a check or something like that, there's a longer hold period on it than there used to be? Yeah. Well, and this actually started, um, I think it wasn't in June or July. I was talking to a business owner mm-hmm. who um, they're, you know, they, they have a large business and stuff. And um, this, this person uh, was over the finances and they were issuing checks, right? Right. And and they had had a lot of deposits come in. These are monthly deposits that they get, and they've had them come in like monthly for years, right? Right. And all of a sudden, they had some checks bounce, and they're like, "What is going on? Like, we have plenty of cash." And they went in to their, you know, went in and double checked their accounts and stuff. And in there, it was, "We are now holding your check for this amount of time." And they like the deposits that they had, and and the comment of this business owner was, "I." have had these deposits for years like these deposits are they have been coming in for years and Mm -hmm. and they and the bank knows they're coming in but now they're holding on to the deposits for for weeks for weeks and they were like and these are big deposits and so and this was a big corporate bank right and so i so i saw this starting to happen in june and now now they're doing it even on smaller checks. Like right. the other day, I just deposited a check into my account, and it wasn't it wasn't like a super yeah, huge a couple amount, thousand bucks, right? Yeah, a couple thousand bucks or whatever. And they're like, uh, "We're gonna hold five hundred dollars of it," which was nice because when I've <laughs> had to like when I've deposited bigger checks into like business accounts or whatever, right. like they are holding like ninety percent of that money. You know, uh-huh. like tens of thousands of dollars. They're holding ninety percent of that money for like five or six days and giving me and giving the company 10%. Right. And I just, I was just like, whoa, that's, that's, but that's been going on for a month and we knew that. Like, and so when this large, when this person had a large business, like wasn't a small business, but a large business Uh was saying this about what was happening to them. I was like, I better keep watching my bank, like like the banks and the business industries and stuff. And so this isn't so much of a surprise, but now it's getting into just private sector, like just people who are getting paychecks. Yeah. Now, now the thing is, and the thing that, that you should focus on is that, you know, banks transfer money instantaneously. There, there isn't a, you know, period. It used to be before the banking intranet. Now, this is a little bit different from the internet, but the intranet, uh, so kind of a net that only banks are allowed on. Um, before that, the banks would have to physically transfer checks and get them honored from other banks. That's not true anymore. 
Yeah, so like there's no reason for them to hold it. Wait, yeah. but there is a reason for them to That's hold it. That's exactly right. And yeah, this that... is what we need to understand. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Good like, intro. Good, Good intro. intro, Trina. Yeah. And <laughs> so, yeah, if the money transfers instantaneously, then why wait? You know, um, there's there seems to be no reason for it, but the banks are holding money to provide themselves some temporary liquidity and slow the rate of money. Uh, so they're they're holding it for themselves a little bit longer, well, trying to keep the outflows from you know from their banks. Well, and, and I way, also think it's also to to also like you know they also ex- trade in the foreign exchange, and so mm-hmm. they're trying to get a little bit more interest or a little bit more growth on that money before they actually give it to somebody yep. else because they're leveraged too. Banks nope. are- yeah, you're exactly right. They're trying to get, uh, they need the liquidity so that they can continue in the markets because uh, these, the last seven, uh, 10 months has, has found that, um, that there are more outflows from the bank than inflows. Mm-hmm. And that's expected when the rates raise. You right. know, people are borrowing less and therefore they don't need to spend their money at the bank anymore. And, they're spending it elsewhere. And people are charging more and so they're putting out money to pay for exactly. that. Or they're not paying as quickly on their on their debt and things. Yes, credit card debt is becoming a problem. It is the highest it's ever been. And uh, there's several reports and several of the larger players in the markets are looking at the credit card debt out there saying this is going to become a problem and it's coming to a head because Mm -hmm. credit limits are uh, are running out. Right. You know, and so the average consumer who has been, you know, keeping up with inflation by spending on the credit card. Or the credit card has become their emergency fund. And there's been a lot of emergencies, I guess, because yeah. it keeps building and it's not going down, mm-hmm. right? And, and so this is becoming a little bit of a problem for the banks. Too much money is out, not enough money is coming in. Mm-hmm. And there doesn't seem to be the prospect of money coming in because inflation rate, or I'm sorry, because interest rates are not going to be going down. So it's going to be more expensive to borrow money, too expensive, uh, to go and get loans, and therefore the banks whose business is giving loans is going to be struggling financially mm-hmm. at a time when there's simply less money that they can utilize with the with the Fed tightening its policy. Well, and it, it kind of brings to mind to me um, that that Christmas movie with Jimmy Stewart. Um, oh shoot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Um, oh, gee, I know, yeah. everybody knows it. I'm everybody not, I'm knows trying it. to think of it. I'm <laughs> I'll rope to, the moon. I'll rope yeah. the moon for you. Is that what you want? I'll rope the moon. <laughs> Anyways, um, so he in the movie, there's a run on the banks because it's the 1930, you know, 1929, right. and there's the crash, and he's about, you know, and he's like. Listen, listen, listen. Look, you all paid into this bank and I loaned it to this person and this person and this person. But if you yeah. take it all out at once, then then our savings and loan will collapse, right? And so that's kind of what the bank is trying to do. They're trying to like shore up things so that no, there won't be any runs on the bank and right. that they'll be able to keep everything going and doing well. And so when Moody's report comes out and it's saying, hey, these banks aren't doing so well or whatever, it's it's... They're trying to well, and and by keeping deposits from you longer, from spending your deposits, yeah. keeping those in, they can actually show Moody's that oh look at how many you know that we've got the deposits on hand because they're not releasing them. You can't use them immediately, so the right. bank, so the money doesn't come go in and out of the account very fast. And Moody's has to look at that and say oh well, I guess you know for 
uh, on a three-day period here that this is all held, and yeah, that's that's showing some strength. Moody's right. isn't that stupid. Right. You know. They're not that stupid, but I mean, but it's, again, all about sentiment. You remember when the bank in California, when that, when it was collapsing and the other mm-hmm. banks, and then like, you know, had Chase come in and they were like, okay, we, we took on everything and we're saving this bank and stuff like that. Right. Like I was waiting for there to be a, and there was a run on that bank, but I was, I was waiting for it to happen to, to waterfall into other banking industry, other banks and things like that. Oh, and, it did. And, but even more so like kind of like what happened in the eighties with the savings and loans and like, uh-huh. I think eighties or nineties and, and what happened in the thirties and stuff like that. But, but because of sentiment, people weren't panicked. And so that's, in some ways I really appreciate that because because if if we can just stop the panic and just say okay let's tighten our belts let's get going forward and and things yeah. then then maybe we can avoid a collapse well and you know so there's there's two frames of thought on that you know mm-hmm. one frame of thought is hey if we can just keep everybody from panicking then things will be all right we're going to give them time to recover but the other thought is hey these are places that have taken a lot of risk already they're you know, and they have a, a history of taking a lot of risk yeah. and not being very safe with their money. Um, perpetuating the problem isn't going to help. It's just going to make it bigger. So not letting them fail tends to, you know, tends perpetuate to perpetuate the, the problem, problem and make it, make it bigger. Make it a bigger problem. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we're going to see how this all um, this all pans out. So, yes, it's concerning that the banks have been under pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Fed did a stress test, and, and they said, oh, everything's good. <laughs> and and as we all know, in the Fed we trust. Yes. Or not, because <laughs> Moody's is now saying, nope, nope, sorry, not buying it. These banks are in trouble, and here's a list more that, that are on watch, and we're going to be digging into a little bit more. Ugh. So, you know, I, I think that um, I think that there's something to be concerned about there. Uh, in our in, in our banking industry, on top of that, inflation data came in hotter than expected. Now get this, okay? It was 0.1 percent higher than expected. No, I thought it was 0.1 percent. You're talking about no, it was 0.1 percent, which is 0.001 oh. of the 100. Okay. So 0.1 percent higher. Um, and, and yes, that freaked everybody out. Okay. Now it, it kind of should because. They thought that they had beat inflation, or at least that's what the street was saying. And when but, I say the street, this is Kramer's company. Oh, my gosh. But here's the thing. is <laughs> Powell has been saying, I'm going to keep raising. I'm yes. going to keep raising until, until businesses react the way we need them to react to slow inflation. And businesses have not been reacting that way, right? right? They're starting to. Like you saw the banking industry like a, like oh, two weeks ago say, hey, we're having layoffs. We're closing down right. certain branches and stuff like that. But the street, like, I don't know why they're seeing that. Because well, like, yes. Powell yeah. has been very clear. He doesn't make a step without telling you like two weeks before, I'm going to raise rates again. It's not, you know, I'm going to oh, slow months raise before. months before. And then, yeah. and then he comes out and he says, I'm slowing rates, but I'm still increasing the rates. So he's slowing the increase, increase of, of rates. the rates instead of doing it every meeting. Yeah. He's doing it every other meeting, something like that. Yes. So but I wonder what the street 
has invested because now they're trying, you know, they're trying to get people to still be all happy about the, uh, about the economy when you have Powell saying, we've got to raise interest rates, you know? Well, yeah. Anyway, you know, sorry. so, so the street, they sell lists of stocks that you should buy and things like oh, that. Okay. So, you know, it, it does them, it, it doesn't do them any good for the uh, markets to be down. They want the markets to be up. Um, and, and because so, they invested in bad companies and they want you to bail them out. Probably. Well, and as it I turns out. I don't know. Out, I should be quiet. I should be quiet. Yeah. So <laughs> the majority of people don't understand that the professional um, investor and the professional trader don't care which way the market's going. In fact, the professional prefers a bear market um, and counts on it several times throughout their life so that they can buy the best of things at the best prices. When the market's going up, it's no longer the best prices. And so you kind of count on the markets taking that drop, but the professional is, you know, they're prepared for it. So, so ask yourself this, didn't Warren Buffett, Jeremy Grantham, uh, Jeremy Siegel, uh, all of the really big names, didn't they warn you about the 2000 market and the 2008 market? And didn't Warren Buffett start getting out of the market in the end of 2021? I mean, he's all in cash right now, expecting the markets to go down. Yeah, and his favorite thing is um, become greedy when everybody's fearful and when fearful everybody's, when everybody's greedy, greedy. And be feel f- fearful when everybody's greedy and everybody is greedy. Like, that's what we're seeing oh, yeah, in yeah, the markets. I yeah, mean, we're seeing just, some massive greed. And yeah. then it's starting to come down. But. Well, yeah, yeah, so we don't know when, and Warren Buffett doesn't know when. No, I mean, he's he been out for a year into cash. Yeah. Right? He's waiting. But he counts on these bear markets. He counts on flushing out uh, the bad and getting down to you know just what's left, which is good. Mm-hmm. Those companies that are good and stay in business will have more market share and therefore mm-hmm. become more profitable. And so he counts on that to continue building wealth. So the bear market isn't necessarily a bad thing. A drop in the market isn't necessarily a bad thing. But for the but general mass, the drop are you on? Exactly. That's what the that's the real question. Yeah, the general masses are always massacred during these drops. They are. Because they don't know that there is a good side to them. They're not doing what Buffett is doing. He's simply moving his money into things that aren't going to drop with the market. When or it's out aren't going to drop as much as the market. You know right. what I mean? Well, and they're, uh, okay. He's not doing that. He's keeping... Is he not going, he's not going into bond? He's not going into silver and gold you know, and things like that? He's certainly not assets? going into silver and gold. Okay. Um, he's keeping a lot of it cash. He certainly okay. does have some bonds, but he's some not bonds. a bond fan. And he's still in options. I, he I still does imagine. options. He's still doing options. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, but he's he's got a lot in cash because mm-hmm. he can't do some of the things that the smaller investors can do. Now the smaller investors can simply, you know, either short the market, and he he really can't do that. He's got mm-hmm. too much money to mm-hmm. short. Um, or they go into you know a, a, a exchange traded fund that shorts it for you, mm-hmm. something like the SH. Mm-hmm. All right, um, they would go into that, and, and as the market is going down, they're riding the wave up. Right, right. they're, they're wide, uh, riding the back wave. Yeah. Um, so it's it's good for them, but again, you've got to have the same timing as Warren Buffett and Jeremy Grantham and all that. You have to understand when to do it. Right. All right. You need to be able to read the charts and see, okay, is it going up? No, nope, mm-hmm. it's going down. Okay, I need to short the market. Or it is going up, so yeah. I need to go long in the market. And so there's things that you you have to be able to read the charts. It was really interesting talking to one of our futures instructors. He 
he learned how to trade by reading the charts. And when every when the broker brokerage houses all of a sudden went to um, computer online, tra- online trading yeah. instead of being in the bull pits, he had traders coming up to him who used to be in the bull pits, and they're like, "I'm going to lose my job in three months if I don't know how to read these charts and know what's going on." And so he was teaching these bull pit traders how to read the charts so they could save their jobs because down there they would just they would just trade by the calls of the people on the top shelf right and stuff or by the calls of the top step the stop top step yeah and then you you know they they would be told this is the price we want to buy at and stuff like that and and try to get as close as you can and so so it's important to read the charts if you can't read the charts and you're trading it's it's a dangerous game that you're playing yeah yeah. Now, now um, the charts are going to dictate the immediate future. The long-term future is always macroeconomics. Okay. Always has been. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, even though it takes time for it to catch up, right? It's kind of like the earthquake and the tsunami. Mm-hmm. All right. The earthquake happens. That doesn't mean the tsunami happens right away. Right. That that means that within a couple of hours, you might have a tsunami. You might, yeah. All right. It may not do anything. Depending it might on where be really that earthquake was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it's the same thing in the markets. But here we've had a couple of earthquakes and we're waiting and waiting and waiting for the tsunami. Now, inflation is the earthquake. Yeah. Okay. And it really should be affecting. It's already affected the companies, but because the general masses don't understand the reports. And the sentiment is good. Yeah. Well, the general masses are the sentiment, right? Right. right. Because they don't understand, Mm -hmm. they're ignorantly in bliss and still trading. Hey, but if that works to keep us out of an economic depression, if that works to keep us out of severe economic crisis or that sentiment, and then I'm okay with it. Well, I know, I know, like, I, I'm just okay with if we can just kind of, kind of just ride out this wave without. Well, you know, I think understand. the GameStop, uh, GameStop is a perfect example of, you know, of what's going on right now. Hmm. All right. So GameStop, uh, Game, yeah, GameStop, GameStop, <laughs> GameStop. <laughs> GameStop has not made a profit since 2015. Mm-hmm. This is a company that's been marching out of business. All right. But um, a year and a half ago, uh, you know, nobody knew what was going on, but somebody really famous said something like GameStop and everybody went out and bought the stock and it shot up and it's still elevated, even though nothing new and certainly nothing good has happened in the company. Right. All right. They're still going through some massive problems. Uh, So, you know, the earthquake was in 2015. And certainly we saw that tsunami come in and just wipe everything out. Right. The really weird thing is that the tide came back in without a reason. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, what's going on is, is because the general masses who are buying GameStop Mm-hmm. have no idea what the reports say. They have no idea how to read the financials. They're and, just and like so, this famous person said it, yeah, therefore and, and it so must the, be good and safe. Yeah, so a stock that could be gone tomorrow, mm-hmm. as in bankrupt, just yeah. out, you know, is still at $22 where it should be almost in the junk pile, you know, in, in the... Pennies. Yeah, yeah, kind of in the penny stocks, right? Mm-hmm. It should be there by the numbers, but it's not. So now, now could so the same it was thing, up. It was up to two hundred and fifty, and now it's down to twenty-two dollars. Yes, wasn't it higher than that? 
probably was higher than well, that. Well, like okay, so it had three. a four to one stock split. So, oh, okay. You know, okay. really, it's going to show in the charts that it was up to like $90, $95, something like that, and then yeah. drop back down. But that's because it had a four to one. So it was up to almost $400. Well, but you yeah. know, sentiment. Yes. Sentiment. Sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the thing is, is that buying the stock from a company that's already issued the stock, right? The, the company will put out initial public offering. Once it's right. out, they get no more money fr- from it. And so you buying the stock at a high price does not give the company any more money than it ever had. And so therefore, unless it couldn't they buy possibly... Back the stocks. Or unless but, they but sell they, their stock, their stockholdings. Oh, but that would be a secondary issue. Okay, they, they have to announce that. that's what Apple that. did. No, Apple is buying back its stock. It hasn't released it back into the wild yet. Oh. They've been keeping their stock elevated by by buying it themselves which takes oh, okay w- which plays with the supply and demand of the thing right but then they could sell it all right but then they have to re- then they have to tell the sec and they have to make an announcement okay all right so but <laughs> but the the majority of of uh, companies have not been doing that and so thinking that that people continuing to buy the stocks at elevated prices are, are is going to is help the companies the company. yeah is securing the company in any way you know is well, that it doesn't. They don't flow together. That's just not going to happen, okay. you know. And so the stocks are not the economy. The economy is pointed down. The economy isn't doing great now. The GDP has been higher than zero. Good, but with the you know with inflation being at over over five percent and in and GDP being only one percent. That tells you that all of the growth is seen in the in the inflation, not in the growth of companies themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, however, let me let me do this. Okay, because inflation data came in higher than expected. That's that's seen as very bad because, of course, it's not only affecting right. pers- people, but now the Fed has to continue to control inflation. So rates go up. They continue pulling money out of the system. You know. Um, also. Uh, you know, a couple of things that the Fed doesn't want to see is they don't want to see wage growth. Well, guess what we're seeing? Wage growth. Wage growth. Because inflation. People. Yes, yeah. because companies now have to pay their employees more, more with wage growth, and therefore mm-hmm. they have to charge more for their products, which by definition is inflation, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Um, but also uh, OPEC is restricting crude inventories, which is pushing <laughs> fuel prices higher. So you, like OPEC just like, Ah, it's time. It's time just to put stress on people. Let's yeah. let's increase the. That's right. We've recovered from COVID. Time to get rich again. Well, Push well. The here's the thing: is that like oil was up, mm-hmm. then then you you know you have Russia say, "Well, I'm just going to release it." Then oil goes down, right? For the sun, and then also I just find that um, oil goes down in the summer for sentiment reasons because everybody wants to go on vacation. So magically, in the U.S oil prices go down during the summer so that so that people can can travel i'm i'm not kidding it always goes down you know around the fourth of july it's always going down and then people go on vacay and then in the middle of like august in the middle of august to (laughs) september then it all of a sudden starts going up going up going up going up just you know and it goes up i mean i'm just telling you that's just the way it seems to me when i look at the charts when i'm watching stuff i'm like oh 
summer's coming in and whoever's in office needs to make everybody feel happy so everybody can go well, on vacation. Certainly and on then, pre-election years, that's what's going on. And most of the time, it's actually elevated during travel season. Hmm. So, so okay. yeah, 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 continue to watch it after the election. That's going to be interesting. At, at any be rate. Interesting. Yeah, so we've got uh, <laughs> so the inflation you- data up. So I guess I guess I'm just using my my recent memories. I mean, I just thought, oh, it went down last summer too, not just this summer, but I don't know. Yes, well, last summer, remember, President Biden was trying to make deals all over the place, and he had released during the summer mm-hmm. um, one million barrels a day from U.S. reserves in order to keep fuel prices down. We'll see, and that's why it just depends on how the economy is doing, and and. Yes. And basically, who wants to look good? You know, politics. And I'm just saying, if they do a summer, you know, lower prices on gas, nobody's going to be angry at them. They're going to be like, hey, I was able to drive three hours to grandma's house and see her. Or I was able to go across the country and go to California. It's been my dream. I couldn't afford to fly, but yes. I could drive. You know, I mean, those kind of things. That's what's going on. Well, so if you're looking at the charts, you're seeing the exact same thing we saw in 2007 and 2000. And with that... If you look and compare that to the crude oil prices, Mm -hmm. you'll see that crude spikes when the market drops. Mm. All right. Um, And and so I wouldn't be shocked to see within the next, I don't know, uh, six to to eight months, Mm -hmm. um, crude hit somewhere in the 120, 130 area. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. At at any rate, this is really bad news (laughs) for the Fed. Okay. This is bad news for the Fed because... If you want to see inflation, the two biggest cost drivers for most industries, Mm -hmm. wages and transportation. Mm -hmm. So if fuel prices go up, transportation increases. Mm -hmm. Um, Transportation costs increases. If if those increase and we've already seen inflation, then there's a lot of pressure on employers to raise wages, which Mm -hmm. feeds more inflation. Mm -hmm. And so what the Fed wants is they want unemployment to go up so that the, the pressure on employers to raise wages is lessened mm-hmm. because, hey, you threaten to go away if there's, you know, if you don't get a, a raise. Well, yeah. there's somebody else out there that wants your job, probably right. just as qualified. They just got laid off from some other place, right? Uh, and so it, it's going to be harder for people to demand higher wages. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what the Fed is looking for. They've made it very clear. And so every time we see that that w- wages increase every time we see that there's not higher unemployment, there's lower unemployment. Mm-hmm. Um, every time we see, uh, you know, that things are looking a little bit better than than the Fed wants them to look, we mm-hmm. see the market drop because as a reaction, because that means that the Fed is not going to be lowering interest rates, and that really spells trouble long term for companies, mm-hmm. the companies behind the stocks in the stock market, right? Right. Um, and it's going to be much harder to avoid that hard landing. So, yeah, the, you know, the if it's a problem landing, for the Fed. Avoid the soft landing. You oh, said hard landing. I'm sorry. Avoid the the soft landing. Yes, we're looking more at a hard, hard landing. landing. Yeah. So, you know, this is, if it's a problem for the Fed, then it's a problem for the market. Right. And that's just all there is to it. Okay. Now, this isn't just a U.S. thing. London markets, the um, the FTSE, which is kind of... Great Britain's version of the S&P 500, mm-hmm. right? The FTSE 100, 100. fell <laughs> as Great Britain GDP came out showing more strength than expected, more growth than expected. Again, because of inflation, it's not that production is better. 
Okay. It's that prices are higher. Mm. Now, so so it's an interesting thing, right? If you look at it this way, um, the company profits can be high if they if they don't hire as many people, okay. if they don't produce as much because they don't have the cost of production, but they do raise their prices. Mm. You know, now um, there's there's higher prices and fewer costs, and so their profits go up even if the company at large is hurting because not as many people are buying the products. They're not they're not moving as much. So they're moving into a protective measure. Yes, this is a very protective measure, but we are seeing some temporary profits out of it, and uh, and people are moving away from buying things that aren't absolutely necessary to their survival as their credit runs out, right? Okay. So. Um, you know, you would think that higher GDP numbers would be a good thing. Mm-hmm. That the, the the market would see it and say, "Hey, let's go up." No, it went down mm-hmm. because it knows the you know the smart money in the market and the large money in the market know that um, when you have that GDP without the added production, gross domestic product, gross domestic exactly. When you see when you see that GDP creep up without the production, then you know that it's all coming from inflation. So does the central bank, and that means the central bank is going to take further measures. So to they're starting that. to get nervous. Oh yeah, they're getting very nervous. Okay. Yeah. So if if all of you guys kind of glazed over the last like four minutes of Aaron's explanation of all this, just now <laughs> the central bank is getting nervous, like in London and that's exactly in the U.S. Right. And so that's that's nerve wracking. No, I'm glad that you said that and made that clarification because, as you know, sometimes I will absolutely nerd out on this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that it might be boring as I try and explain what's going on, but it really is important to the macroeconomics and therefore the long-term picture of wealth. All right. Um, What I'm trying to do is give enough information that people can take appropriate steps with what is going to happen in the future. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, at any rate, w- what we're seeing is not all bad, depending on what you know. Okay, so yes, the stock market is down. The stock market might take a hit, but the bond market received all of the money that you know from the outflows of the markets. That outflow we talked about, you know, in the very beginning of this uh, of this show, and that's typically a sign that the smart money expects a market dive. All right, because when they take money out of the stock market, they don't want it just sitting there. Might as well make something out of it. And so put it in the bond market, at least, which is seen as, as safer than the stock market and still has returns. It doesn't take the same beating that the stock market does. All right. So, uh, yes, you know, what we've seen is that there is a larger than little drop. <laughs> <All right. laughs> we've, we've already seen a little drop, but they, there's probably a larger drop um, ahead. And uh, and the smart money is saying, nope, not going to take that. We're we're getting into bonds now. All right. The really good news is that while wealth investors have taken a little bit of a hit here already and are probably going to continue to get hit in the future, traders are seeing some rather significant market moves, allowing them the potential for much larger gains in the markets if the trader finds themselves on the right side of the trade. That's right. Now, I do want to warn you, especially uh, those of you who are kind of newer into trading. Yes, there have been some magnificent moves. Mm-hmm. Um, chances are what's happened to you is you got into a groove when the markets were a little bit more stable. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you're getting stopped out a lot more. Well, it's been really wicky, like every now and yes. then. And so like, 
you have to be aware of those wicks and why is it becoming wicky. That's exactly right. However, um, for those of you and especially our students, it has moved, even though it's been wicky and has probably bounced you out a couple of times, right? Stopped you out um, more often than, than, uh, than you're used to. Mm-hmm. It stopped you out. Even though that's true, look at it and you'll see that you were absolutely right on the direction overall. Mm-hmm. And so if you got stopped out, then maybe it's time just to sit back and watch it come right back down because it wicked out and then it's coming right back down, settles into your zone, starts down, nah, you know, grab onto that trade. It, you right. saw it for a reason. It was a good trade in this thought. This is if you're going short. Uh-huh. Yeah, just because it got wicky and bounced you out, you know, up front doesn't mean that it's it's blown altogether. Just watch it for a second and see if it's actually doing what you think it's going to do. Yeah, or if you, you know, and if you're going to go long, because it seems like the wicks are on the top and on the bottom. And so, like, you can well, just take a confirmation trade if you're going to go long to say, okay, it went yeah. out, out of my zone and now it's coming back in. I'm going to take it and see if I can. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean it's always going to be correct, but you could do that. Yeah. Have now- your stops in and stuff. But those wicks, mm-hmm. that's a slippage. Yep. So you want to be cautious of those wicky yeah. days. Now I've been, I've been I I was talking just now about uh, you know shorting the market mostly mm-hmm. because because it's on, it is kind of on a down. Yes, yeah, and and a professional trader, a good trader, will never try and fight the market. So if the market is heading down, you short. Yes, it's going to bounce up, and those are awfully tempting to counter trend trade the market. Mm-hmm. But it's going to get you. <laughs> Don't, Don't counter, counter trend trade. The market. <laughs> it's gonna get you. Yeah. All right. So, um, so you, you've you've done that a couple of I've, times. I've this counter week trend trade. And you're, I got and a little every gutsy. Day you're like, oh, why did I do that? Like, you just, <laughs> and, and so, it's so tempting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you were watching. Some, I thought I was smarter than the market. Yeah. And, and you're I'm just not. like, okay. I'm a dumb marine. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what we've been learning the last couple of weeks. Don't counter trend trade. That's right. <laughs> go with the the trend is your friend until it ends. There you That's go. Until the bend at the end. Until the bend exactly at the right. end. There yes. you go. So, you know, for for long gains and short losses, you know, this market has been fabulous, especially those. Now, I know that, you know, it's kind of dicey sometimes to trade in the sideways markets. And every once in a while I do it if I'm feeling really gutsy and pretty sure about the uh, about the direction. Um. But it, it's been absolutely fabulous over the last week to have these long runs where you can pick up so much larger profit. Because remember, when you're when you're doing it correctly, your your risk does not go up per trade. But with longer movements, your risk doesn't change, but the opportunity does change to the upside. All right. So you know, staying in staying in for. Getting in and letting it ride for a little bit longer is absolutely, um, you know, a good play when you've got these kind of markets. As long as you've taken your risk off the table by, you know, by managing your stop once it's moved, um, you know, past, uh, well, a good ways up, right? Anyway, um, so another couple of things that I want to talk about. If you've been in oil lately, you know, crude. The last couple of weeks have been just fabulous as it's made new highs. And as, you know, Saudi Arabia oil, I should say OPEC plus, because we've got Russia in there as well, as they are making their moves and, and uh, you know, controlling, uh, controlling the supply out there, making higher demands for the same supply, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're seeing the prices creep higher mm-hmm. expected. 
mm-hmm. it's been just a fabulous uh, opportunity to pick up on on that and, and ride that that kind of wave. All right. Um, when things are going down like they have lately, if you're not into oil, you st- still can be doing quite well. You just have to learn how to short. Yeah. And if you don't know how to short, you know what? Come on in. We can teach you. That's <laughs> teaching you these moves, that's what we do. Yep. We're pretty good at it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing how to short will be dead useful in the, in the near future. Remember, we've got September coming up. And guess what happens in September? Usually goes down. Yeah, it's rough. September, October. It's just, it's brutal. But here's the thing is like everything's kind of been wacky. So you never know. It could be up. In October, September Could and October, be. and then in November, they're like, let's take it down all the way down. You know what I mean? Like, I just... Yes. Now, traditionally speaking, September traditional. is the time when it goes down because that's when the larger trading houses are locking in their losses for the year. Because mm-hmm. remember, their end of year, for the most part, is October 31st. <laughs> and they've got to lock in all of their losses. If they find themselves in a dog of a stock, right, that's just not going to go up. They need to get rid of it at the end of the year so they can lock in that tax loss. Yeah, so, so that, that they don't have to t- pay as much taxes. On what? Or on any gains, taxes, right? you know, on, on their, their gains. gains yes. Yeah, because so they love that. They love that. So if, when they're selling off, that drives the market down even further. That, that's why September is typically rough. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're thinking that the markets might go down and you don't know how to short, then for those of you that haven't been in yet, you know, just look at a, at a company that's called, or not a company, I'm sorry an ETF, exchange traded fund, called SH. Mm-hmm. It's the S&P 500 short. Okay, that means that somebody is shorting it for you. Yeah, it's inversing. Like yes. when the S&P is going down, it goes up. Exactly. And so, yeah. And so, you know, if you don't know how to do it, but you want somebody to do it for you, you think it's going down, that might be, you know, a beautiful play for you. There, there's more and more of these funds that are doing professional type actions for the masses. Mm-hmm. All right. Shorting is a professional um, action. Most people don't know how to do it. And so now this company, this ETF, exchange traded fund, does it for you mm-hmm. because you don't know how, but you still might want to take advantage of mm-hmm. it. And so SH might be the thing to do. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, another, you know, the, the, some of the other professional actions, covered calls. Mm-hmm. Now, covered calls are beautiful for wealth investors, mm-hmm. all right? It, so it's even more beautiful if you can hold the stock and get the covered call out of it. Mm-hmm. But because most people don't know how to do it, there's um, funds out there that will do the covered calls for you in exchange-traded funds. And so uh, QYLD, they will do uh, covered calls for you in the, um, in the NASDAQ, yes. the QQQ, all right. Yeah. Um, the RYLD will do it in the Russell 2000. Uh, XYLD, there, that's there for the for the Nasdaq. The um, there's one the there's one that JP Morgan does along the same lines. I think it's JPYLD or something like that. Um, and they do it for the S and P 500. Now, the benefit of this is is that while you're in, you get a yield, kind of like a dividend, mm-hmm. right? So you're holding an exchange traded fund, which is typically thought of as very secure, mm-hmm. and and it is. You know, risk is really it spread goes up out. and down. It goes like up and stock. down. But is it going to go out of business? No. Mm. All right, because yeah, much like a mutual fund, it's full of, you know. Uh, hundreds, thousands of stocks where if one or two drop out, then it's not killing everything. Right. So it's not going to go out of business, but you still get a yield out of it or a dividend. Mm-hmm. And in this case, 
in uh, right now, QYLD, RYLD, and XYLD are all doing about 8% mm-hmm. um, in, a, in a dividend, and they pay monthly. Um, and that's fabulous. You can't expect a lot of growth out of that. Now, during bull runs, all of those would do closer to 12%. Mm-hmm. Okay. For me, um, I wouldn't. Now, I'm speaking as, as somebody who really wants to catch the bottom mm-hmm. and not ride the bottom down. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to get into that. I'd rather do a short on mm-hmm. things. Um, you know, but for somebody that doesn't know what they're doing, this is probably probably not a bad um, idea, you know, to at least check out. Yeah. Um, look for a good price and get in and yeah. get out and know where the trend I'd is get in and at stuff the bottom like that. Myself. <laughs> yeah. So basically what we're saying is <laughs> learn how to do it, man. Learn Just how to do it. Learn how to trade. Watch yeah. you know Watch the chart. See if you can see the movement. Try to understand the movement. But if you want to learn how how to read a chart, if you want to learn how to get in and get out of a trade, yep. come on in. We'll lo- we'd love to have you here. Yep. Now, one more thing, and then I'm going to make a plug for our classes, and, and we'll be done. All right. Currencies have been dropping to the dollar over the last month. All right. Now, I'm looking at the chart. Yes. My guess is, and the way I'm seeing the chart this trend is about to reverse, Ooh. all right? In the next week or 10 days, we're going to be watching the currencies um, against the dollar raise. Mm-hmm. Now, I, our students should know what to do with that, yeah. okay? And if you don't, then you, you should come in and we can teach you how to <laughs> do that, all right? So uh, that's all the time we have. I, I hope that you've had a good week and and, uh, and that we get to talk to you next week again. So, um, you know, or before next week if you'll come in and register for a class i'd love to see you we've got a three-hour class we talk about the stocks options futures forex we talk about how to trade and how to invest mm-hmm. all right it's a it's a fabulous class um and the advantages of learning more that's exactly right so come on in and uh and find us in one of these classes if you're in the phoenix area then you can come to a physical class and of course that's the best way to do it mm-hmm. all right uh if you're not in the phoenix area then we do have them online either way you can s- register for that class by going to www.tradingacademy.com that's www.tradingacademy.com so again i hope to see you in class or else or we'll talk next week again.